What's up, divers? Welcome into the Deep Dive Fantasy Football Podcast, where I take a deep analytical look at fantasy football and combine it with a common sense approach to lead us to some titles. I'm your host, Brandon Gabor, and before we get started, remember you can follow me on my main platform being Twitter at Deep Dive FF, Instagram at Deep Dive Fantasy Football, YouTube at Deep Dive Fantasy Football, even TikTok at Deep Dive FF. And as always, check out the website, deepdivefantasyfootball.com. With that being said, let's get into the content. What's up, divers? Welcome into another episode of Deep Dive Fantasy Football. I'm excited to get back on the mic. I know it's been a while. And I'm getting back on the mic with the person that was on the mic with me last. That's Trent. Trent, how you doing? Doing good. Thanks for having me. I'm yeah. excited to be here. Of course, man course i'm excited to get back into the, the podcast everybody's been asking me dming me i've still been keeping in touch with you guys but it's been rough haven't been able to upload since our episode trent so it's been what three weeks i feel too like too long too, too long. long yeah that's the answer right there it's actually it might have been a month i don't know but with that said we're gonna try and keep it going and i'm gonna try to get more consistent again guys just had a lot of personal stuff going on with my life started a new career been traveling a lot, all that stuff. So with that said, I want to touch on something, Trent, and that is our last bets. I don't know if you remember. And and Jalen Waddle. Oh, <laughs> so, so we split. We split 50-50. Because so we made the Jalen Waddle bet um of him like not being the wide receiver one, not as getting as many targets. He's averaged almost 10 targets a game since we made that that bet that we shook over the table. In five weeks, he's got 48 targets. Clearly, their go-to now. Yes, Devontae Parker's been hurt, but hurt, I, I think, I but I think that. when Parker comes back, I think it's pretty clear that Jalen Waddle is their guy. They have rapport. I agree. Yeah, and then you got me on the Kadarius one because since in the last five weeks, when we made that bet with Kadarius Tony, he has not gotten over five targets, and my over/under was five and a half. So you've definitely got me there so far. So. We split 50-50 on the bets. I just want to throw that out there real quick because I feel like a lot of times I'll make stuff like that with people and I never get to go back and talk about it. So I yeah. wanted to do it real quick. Um, I'm glad you brought that up because yeah. I was, I was going to bring it up when you started. Oh, you were? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> you probably weren't going to bring up the Waddle one. No, though. I wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> Dirty dog. Yeah. All right. Let's talk about some recent news. We've got Cam Newton in Carolina. So let's obviously look at the fantasy impact of that. I don't look at it as a, a negative for any of the receivers or Christian McCaffrey, but I do think that Cam Newton, so I'm pretty much looking at everybody else the same, but Cam Newton absolutely is worth a pickup. Like even, unless you're in a 10-team single quarterback league, I would pick up Cam Newton because every year that he's played a full season, he's been a top five fantasy quarterback. Now, that and that's a good stat wow. right there. That's a real that stat. A, I like that. I and know that. yeah, so and it's because of the rushing. I mean, even what he was doing in, in New England with no weapons, and everyone was you know saying, oh, he's trash and stuff. As a passer, sure he might have been trash, but he had no weapons to throw to. I mean, their entire offensive like weaponry right now in the pass game is completely different than what they had for Cam Newton last year, and he was just doing everything on the ground. So if he gets that those legs are going still I'm, I'm sure they are and he's healthy and he's better and his shoulder is better which it looked like his throwing motion was better in the preseason than it had been in the past I believe the statements he made before the season started I think Cam Newton's going to be just fine I think he's an upgrade for Carolina I've been wondering why nobody assigned him this whole time so I think he's worth a pickup and I think you could easily start him after he gets his feet wet in a couple weeks what do you think 
I think Cam Newton's definitely worth a pickup. It's it's crazy because the story almost sounds too good to be real, you know, just because usually when that guy leaves, if they do come back, it's at the twilight of their career, and it could be a, just a sign a one-day contract and then just retire just so they can retire with the franchise that they built their legacy around. But to see Cam Newton potentially, if he does well, maybe they ride into next season. You know, I'm assuming they would draft a quarterback, but if not, they could go into next season. Yeah, not if their record is good. Yeah. yeah, and I think um, the Darnold train has slowed down a lot. Um, people kind of caught up with his legs. and uh, I think his legs caught up with him. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, and then his passing ability was, I don't think uh, many teams were afraid of Darnold taking the lid off the defense or anything like that. So overall, I think uh, it's going to be a big benefit to every offensive player on the Carolina team. Yeah. You know, actually, since we're talking about Caroline, I think this is something that would be important. I'm going to pull it up right now. So, Cam Newton versus Sam Darnold. They're both healthy. All right? They're both healthy. What is before... I'm going to pull up their schedule. So, what does their record have to be for Cam Newton to remain the starter in three or four weeks when Sam Darnold comes back and is fully healthy? What do you think their record in the next four games would have to be? Two and two? At bare minimum, two and two. But if he does a really good showing in uh, three, or if he goes one in three, but he loses in a couple shootouts where their actual uh, their offense is actually showing signs of life, um, I definitely think he can go one in three and keep his job. Because if he puts up three hundred plus passing yards and their offense scores, let's call it over twenty eight points a game in at least three of those four games, I think he has it in the bag, no doubt. So let's look at the matchups. We've got week 11 is supposedly when Matt Rule says that he is going to make his debut because he's saying he's not likely to play in this Sunday's game versus the Cardinals. So if that's the case, he starts off week 11 versus Washington. Their defense has been really bad compared to what everyone expected them to be. I have a 32-man league where we have defense, so it's actually super important because if not, you're going to end up with a horrible defense because you have to play somebody. And so I grabbed Washington. It's like the only league ever that I've ever grabbed a defense like somewhat early. And it's because of their D-line. And they've been a massive disappointment. I Yeah. Their, their defense, I don't know what happened. I don't know if it's coaching. I don't know. Because they haven't had like crazy injury problem or anything like that. I don't know what it is. But their defense hasn't been great. So that's not a horrible matchup for Cam Newton in his first week back. Then he's got Miami. Miami's been up and down. Then a bye week to get the offense, you know, in his mind better and then he's got Atlanta which is a great matchup so those are three winnable games yeah those are definitely three winnable games so it's it's definitely possible and then the fourth game is Buffalo I would have said a couple weeks ago that yeah they're definitely going to lose to Buffalo but I don't know man AFC is looking pretty weak AFC <laughs> is looking pretty weak Trent I mean every okay your your team by the way 6-0 and in the past games or what is it 7-0 and it's 6-0 and right what's uh, the Titans record they are uh or 72 they okay. lost to uh the jets was the last time they lost yeah so it's been a while so you guys have taken over but to me i look at the afc chiefs are losing games they're not supposed to be losing and they're clearly experiencing my theory of the if you lose in the super bowl the next year you're trash so that seems to be somewhat in effect with the chiefs and then the chargers lose games that they shouldn't lose the bills lose games they shouldn't lose the 
Ravens lose games they shouldn't lose, and the Bengals were a pretender all along. And those are the top teams. What? Uh, I said pretender, not contender. I, yeah, I know. I think that's... A lot of people looked at the Bengals and thought that they could be one of the best teams in the AFC. That's a joke. Uh, they're going to go to the playoffs. Okay, and they'll get knocked out round one. You want to make a bet on it? If they play a team in their division, they're going to win that game. No way. Then let's make a bet. All right, shake on it. We're shaking over the table. Bengals not making it past round one of the playoffs. Okay. Um, okay. <laughs> just like the old Bengals. Just like the Bengals of old. Hey, Do you remember? Joe Burrow, he's built different. He's it doesn't. From a different cloth. Yeah, but their defense is still really bad, and their offensive line is still really bad. And they started with a huge record, a great record, because they played a bunch of trash teams. The only team that was any what any whatever I'm not sure what I'm trying to say. Any team that they played that was good was the Ravens. That was it. That was the only good team they played when they had a great record. So I, I just I never bought into it. And I, I still am not bought into it. Jamar Chase is a beast though. I'll give him I'll give him that. Jamar Chase and Joe Burrow are going off. But um yeah, so we, we touched on Cam. Let's talk about Odell. Odell, I uh, I mean if there was ever an all in this is our year. The Rams have been all in for the past three years, and for whatever reason, they more or less uh, retired the scouting department. For all those guys. <laughs> they really, they're really unemployed right now. Um, <laughs> That's pretty cool. I, I would like to know uh, how much scouting they do for uh, fourth round picks and beyond uh, <laughs> at this point in time. But um, I, I love it. I think it's a very good pick, and it makes their offense that much more versatile. Especially in a McVay, he loves to pass the ball, zone play action pass, crossing routes, drag routes, uh, off the top, deep balls. You know, I, I love the way they play call, and I think it's a really good fit. I'm not worried about the ego. I don't really know why. Um, Odell, I would say, besides his hiccup against uh, the Panthers when he was on the Giants with Josh Norman, uh, that's pretty much the only time. I remember him really uh, doing something out of character. Other than that, yes, he's a diva off the field, but do I think he's any worse than, say, uh, Juju Smith-Schuster, who I think those TikTok dances are detrimental to the team, uh, even though he's not playing anymore for this season. I just I just think that people are trying to create this narrative of Odell being a Terrell Owens-type player and uh, – I think him and Baker ended up on good terms. All right, all right. Let me let me ask I you love, this. I love the fit. I love the fit. Odell Beckham comes in with the Rams, and he is getting less targets than Cooper Cup, obviously, mm-hmm. and less targets than Robert Woods, and it stays that way four weeks, five weeks from now. You don't think he's going to cause issues? You don't think he's going to have a problem with that? Um, I don't. You think he's going to set the ego aside? I think Odell... Because I've never trusted Odell, and it's just because I it's more of a gut thing, but I've ne- he's been the, like one of the few people in fantasy that I never touch. This scheme, the scheme that he's in, this offense that he's in, is so much a better fit because, one, Stafford is just overall a better quarterback than Baker. Baker Definitely. For, as, for what Baker is, I, I get it. I'm not going to sit here and down him too hard, but uh, he's very limited in comparison to a, a, what a lot of NFL starters can do. Um, and I think uh, if you put, you know, Baker on the Lions, are, the Lions are still 0-8. You know, I don't think he has the 
I mean, he's he's really good when he has a good team, but can't most quarterbacks say that? So I, I really don't know his true colors per se, but that offense was not Odell friendly at all. Um, the reason I believe in Odell is because, one, he signed there. He chose to sign there. You don't think Odell is uh, smart enough to know where he's going to sign. I think Odell exactly knew the situation he was getting into. He knew who the other wide receivers were. Um, if he wanted to get more targets, uh, he probably could have gone to Green Bay. Or but they City. lowballed him, though, so that's why he didn't. Um, they gave him the vet minimum, and they would not go higher than that. That's why he didn't go to Green Bay. And I think that's... Because of his ego. That's Well, that's their, their, their interpretation of his ego. You know, not every team's going to view... Like, it's not like it's a fact. Oh, he has... It's an, it's, a, it's really an opinion, I guess, that he has an ego. And I think Odell, uh, he knew what he was doing when he signed with the Rams. Okay. And I, So I how does it affect everyone else for fantasy? Are you worried about Cooper, Cooper Cup, Cup at all? Cooper not losing any value. I don't think so either. Cooper Cup is going to be AP Offensive Player of the Year. And I think he probably won that two or three weeks ago. Uh, nobody's really even close to what he's doing. Derrick Henry would have been, but he uh, got hurt. Yeah, but even then, I mean, that's just the volume you get as a wide receiver compared to a running back are totally different. Whereas a running back, you're guaranteed to pretty much get hit, and a wide receiver, you can go out of bounds and you know have more options to save your body. So he, I don't know, I'm not, I'm not gonna say this was bound to happen to Henry, but mm-hmm. it happens. I but feel you. Cooper, so what about Robert Woods? Uh, Robert Woods, because um, I'm a little bit worried. But I think Odell's going to take more of the scrap from Van Jefferson and all the other guys. Yeah, I think uh, I think uh, Woods will still have his bizarre uh, ten catch, buck fifty touchdown games. Uh, you know, kind of reminds me a lot of what Tyler Lockett does in fantasy. Uh, can be super boom, um, kind of consistent, but when he booms, his boom is top tier, and. Uh, I think uh, Odell will take a little bit from Robert Woods. He won't become the official wide receiver two, but Robert Woods' wide receiver two value definitely has decreased because I think Odell is going to more or less replace Van Jefferson and then take maybe two or targets from Woods every game right. once he gets into the full swing of things. So let's let's try to make a comparison here. The Buccaneers offense and the Rams offense. The Buccaneers offense, when everyone is healthy, still have three usable wide receivers. Do we agree that that will be the case with the Rams? Because as of right now, Robert Woods is wide receiver 13. Wide receiver 13. And so even if he does lose, which we both agree, because of this addition, he still could be a top 24 wide receiver, and maybe Odell's right behind him. So it could be a similar situation, just maybe Cooper Cup is more dominant than any specific Bucks wide receiver. I think, uh, you know, that's an interesting comparison because I definitely see how they're comparable. I still like the Bucks situation way better than I do the Rams because with the Rams there's a lot more unknown because we don't know how this is going to affect the game plan. And a part, part of the reason why um, Deshaun Jackson left, which he was supposed to be a really good wide receiver three, is because now I know he's old and he's watching, he's not that but teams still like Deshaun Jackson because even at his age, he's still going to be faster than most guys, and he was rarely used. So I think um, there's way more skepticism deserved with Odell maybe going into the Deshaun Jackson role, which I don't think he will, than compared to the Bucks, who 
their top three has been consistently proven for about a you know over a year now. I don't think anyone has any concerns starting Mike Evans one week or Godwin the next. I think you're going to get what you get with them, and they're more or less consistent. Yeah. All right. So those are the two big news things that happened. So I want to bring up something. I'll tell you the best playoff fantasy playoff schedules moving forward and you're gonna you can kind of pitch in and tell me which guys do you really think hey you know that person is definitely somebody you want to try to get now or that's somebody you want to try and get off your team now so we're gonna look at strength of schedule and this is a fantasy pros thing so if you want to go look at it yourself you can get it from there but I'm assuming most people's fantasy playoffs are weeks 15 through 17 the best schedules and I love where we're starting the best schedules for quarterbacks in the fantasy playoffs this year. Number one easiest schedule, Jalen Hurts. Jalen Hurts is already a top five quarterback. Jalen Hurts already has an extremely high floor because of his rushing upside. And he could get better and better, or he could stay the same. Either way, you're, you've got a great locked-in QB1, but he's got one of the easiest schedules. So we've got Jalen Hurts. Then we've got Kyler Murray, second easiest schedule. Wow. Then we've got Big Ben, third easiest San Fran, which I'm not going to say Jimmy Garoppolo because it could be Trey Lance, and uh, Zach Wilson. Then just to throw out six and seven because they've got some quarterbacks worthy of speaking of, Dak Prescott and Ryan Tannehill. So those are your quarterbacks with the easiest fantasy playoff schedules, which at, at this point you should know if you're making the playoffs or not, pretty much. Like if you're five and five, or I know we haven't played 10 weeks yet, but if you're five and five, you get what I'm saying, then yeah, but most people have an idea. You can look at your points fielded compared to everybody else in the league. See, okay, is my team really good? Is it good compared to others? Because if so, the record will even out eventually. So they should know if they're trying to tank, if it's dynasty, then okay, use this as a as an extra piece to try and give somebody away. Say, hey, I got Jalen Hurts. He's got the best fantasy playoff schedule. I see you're going to win this year. You might win this year. Why don't you take him from me? So you could do that, or you could not say anything and try and get these guys. If you're trying to win. So what do you like and dislike? What are your interests, disinterests in, in those guys? So just real quick, Jalen Hurts, Kyler Murray, Pittsburgh, 49ers, Zach Wilson, Dak Prescott, and Ryan Daniel. Seven easy schedules. I like I like the Hurts. I, I've been uh, totally wrong about how I thought about him all season. And he's, um, you know, even though his great – performances haven't equated to wins uh i think strictly fantasy wise um i love that upside for him and i definitely think if you don't have him and you have a chance at winning go get hurts uh ben roethlisberger i do not like that at all i don't like the way the steelers run their offense i think if you were to uh, just the fact that there's no um deep ball presence at all and that offense and everything is more or less within a fit is if is a type of slant route or at least that's what it appears when I watch them plays is a lot of screens slants um their offensive line is very very suspect and that's why they do a lot of uh, jet sweeps and I just I'm not a huge fan of where the Steelers are at I think it's because Big Ben's arm is totally done so um I don't like being Ben regardless of how easy his schedule is. Tannehill, um, I think he's going to click. I think he's going to get better and I better. Think, I think he's he's a guy that he's going to have to click because it's, you know, people 
the, they can't use the excuse of, oh, Derrick Henry is the offense, which is very true. That's the offense's identity. But now this is where Tannehill can break the mold and actually prove he's worthy of being a legitimate franchise quarterback that can, you know, you know, go back into the playoffs and make some noise. So I like Tannehill, and I think Julio's going to get better as well, even though yeah, Julio's for sure. fantasy relevant for um, most of the season. So let me ask you this. The 49ers are 3-5. and five. Nobody would have expected them to be this bad. And they've got a rookie quarterback waiting in the wings. We're talking fantasy playoffs. That's four or five weeks from now. And Jimmy Garoppolo has not necessarily been great. And they're probably not going to be 3-5. and five. They're probably going to be 3-6 and because they're playing the Rams and Matthew Stafford this week. Mm-hmm. Do you think we're going to see the quarterback change before the fantasy playoffs? And if so, Trey Lance could be a Jalen Hurts with a very high floor because of rushing. He's got weapons to throw to, just as many as Hurts does. Hurts was great right when he took over last year. Why could Trey Lance not be a fantasy superstar for people and, and save them and take them all the way home? I think I think he's going to be because I think uh, they're not going to ride the season out with uh, Garoppolo. And frankly, I don't think Garoppolo can stay healthy for another eight weeks. You know, if I were a betting man, I would bet that Garoppolo isn't going to be the starter a month from now, uh, especially with the today's league. It's very rare that you get a Jordan Love where you legitimately sit a whole entire season and don't get thrown into the fire somewhat. And I think uh, the fans are going to demand to see change. And it's not going to happen this week, obviously. You know, Von Miller and the Rams, I feel like that'd be kind of a, a bad move by the Niners. But, uh, Trey Lance could take the at least make noise the last month of the season, and I think it's going to happen because I don't believe that they're going to have the patience to start Jimmy G and go uh, six and eleven or yeah. whatever the record may be. So we've got some targets now. We've we've thrown out some names for people to target if they're trying to win in the playoffs. Which it doesn't matter if you get to the playoffs. It doesn't matter if you get to the second round. It only matters if you win it all. Or if you at least get second, if depending on pay structure or whatever. So we got guys that you should go for. Now let's try and find some quarterbacks you might want to trade for those guys. And the worst fantasy playoff schedules belong to Patrick Mahomes, who's already struggling. Josh Allen, who is also... Well, he's not struggling. He's been, he's been very good, but he's kind of come down a little bit. And I hate this one, and Lamar Jackson. So we've got some top tier, like highest drafted quarterbacks that have really bad schedules. And I mean, I would have not said this if it wasn't for last night's game, but all of them have shown the capacity to have really bad games. And I say that because Lamar Jackson finally had a bad game and it was versus Miami, like a very bad game. Mm -hmm. So, and he's been like, leading the league in offensive yardage for any player Mm -hmm. because of how much he's been running along with being a better passer so it's it's tough for these guys so i'll just ask you straight up lamar jackson would you trade him away for jalen hurts if you're not worried about the next couple weeks over the regular season if you know you're making the playoffs are you taking jalen hurts or lamar jackson Wow, that is a that is a uh, thought provoking question. I would say I would say no because 
even though his schedule's harder, that's assuming that those defenses could dominate him, which very well could happen. I just have a hard time believing when you have Lamar Jackson, who before last night I would safely say was in the top five discussion for MVP candidate this season, and I don't think he would uh, trade away a potential MVP candidate for a guy who is uh, still unproven, even though he's done great this season and has a much easier schedule. I just don't think you trade away a I just, even even with the chips stacked against him, I would make that trade. So what if I tell you this? Lamar Jackson just played this week. Mm-hmm. He's also had a bye week. Jalen Hurts has not. So they both played the exact same amount of games. Lamar Jackson has scored 15 <laughs> points more than Jalen Hurts. That is one point per game. So you'll take the one point per game over the huge schedule disparity. I think... Because I'll take Jalen Hurts. I know it's crazy, but you got to yeah. take risks in fantasy. And I'm somebody that always trusts processes. And this process tells me Jalen Hurts is somebody I would rather have than Lamar Jackson if we're talking just playoffs. You know, that this is a, that's a really good point because um, when you look at the paper, you're kind of taking a money ball perspective uh, by comparing the stats and things like that. Whereas, like, Lamar is the big name, ex-league MVP, uh, is very well known. Um, I would still take Lamar because I still feel like Lamar's Lamar has a lot more boom potential than Hurts. And say you need a thirty point game or you need an insane game, and I feel like Lamar could give you a better insane game, even with him playing better teams than Jalen could. Okay. Other than the last two weeks, Jalen Hurts. That's a very fair point that yeah, you brought up. Yeah. Other than the last two weeks, Jalen Hurts has scored 20 points or more in every single game. Lamar Jackson, but he's never, I'll give you the upside because Jalen Hurts has yet to break 30. Now, he did it last year, but he has not done it this year. Lamar Jackson, on the other hand, has had one, two, three, four, five games under 20 points. So while he brings the upside you're looking for, right. he the also brings yes. the downside. Yes. So just just it's just a fun conversation. You know, I'm not saying you're wrong, I'm not saying I'm wrong. But like you said, but fantasy is about risk, right? It is. But wouldn't the risk be getting rid of the big name for the guy? And you could probably get more. You could probably give Lamar Jackson and yeah. get Hertz plus something. So for just sure. something to think about. No, I agree. Um all right, so then what about Hmm, let's see. What about Patrick Mahomes? Okay, he's by points per game, he's eighth among quarterbacks. So that's taking out bye weeks and injuries and all that. He's eighth in points per game behind Jalen Hurts, who is seventh. Would you trade for, so would you give Patrick Mahomes away for, let's say, Dak Prescott? who has the 6th easiest schedule, while Mahomes has the 30th hard easiest, so 3rd hardest schedule. And Dak has been pretty much just as, as good. You know, Because they're right next to each other. Almost exact same points per game. I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't take that because I don't necessarily believe that the league has figured out Patrick Mahomes. I just think it's more so the fact that the Chiefs' offense can't mask how atrocious their defense is. And more or less, their defense really hasn't changed that much since the first Super Bowl appearance. 
And so because the Chiefs have a terrible defense, I like Patrick Mahomes more because they I want to I don't I don't know what their percentage is, but I guarantee you the Chiefs throw the ball more often than the Cowboys do. And I like Ooh, I'll look that up. Keep talking, keep talking. The Chiefs are gonna throw the ball more than the Cowboys do. And uh Dak Prescott is he can run. Um, so can Mahomes, but I don't think you know you would take Prescott over Mahomes based off legs because they're both more or less pocket passers with some athletic ability. But just based off the fact that the Chiefs, I think, are going to be fighting for a wild card spot, uh, I think it's going to go down to the wire for them, and they're going to throw the ball more. So no, I wouldn't take uh, Dak Prescott for Mahomes just because Chiefs defense terrible. Chiefs offense, even though they've had their bad moments this year, uh, I still think, I believe in Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes to figure it out and still have explosive games without having to worry about Clyde Edwards-Hilaire or whatever running back by committee they're giving the ball to, taking away points from the Mahomes touchdown pass. That makes sense. So you're looking for positive regression for the Chiefs to get back to the normal. Absolutely, for them. yeah. I think, okay, yeah, that's I, a fair I think point. It's, um, I, don't, I don't believe they would continue down this path that they're on right now okay and and i did look it up the the chiefs do pass more percentage wise than the uh than the cowboys i think the cowboys were pulling off more total plays at least earlier on in the season but um yeah they definitely do the cowboys actually changed a lot because last year they threw the ball a lot more percentage wise than they do this year They're, they're trusting zeke and pollard a little bit more um all right so i think we've had a good discussion on the quarterbacks all right and quarterbacks are usually easier to work with when it comes to strength of schedule it's more predictable because when you go to wide receiver you have to say okay it's a good matchup this defense is a good matchup for wide receivers in general but if they have one good corner then it's a bad matchup for one of the receivers so it's it's a little trickier but we're still going to go over and, and look at the wide receiver position then we'll look at running backs so the easiest position and it usually is similar to quarterback for wide receiver devonta smith has the best schedule for fantasy playoffs among wide receivers then Jalen Waddle so two rookies it's looking good then the 49ers then the Jets then the Cardinals and Dallas and Tennessee are right up there at seven and eight so we've got some good wide receivers in the pool similar to the quarterback conversation you're just adding Jalen Waddle now pretty much um because then the rest of the teams are what we had for quarterbacks the worst wide receiver schedules Denver Atlanta, Cleveland, Indianapolis, that's Michael Pittman right there, and Buffalo, which Stephon Diggs has already kind of been a massive disappointment for people, or at least a decent disappointment for people. So do you think there's anything crazy to take from that? Is there, you know, maybe is Julio Jones talking to you, the Tennessee guy, is Julio Jones possibly somebody you want to buy low on because we both think he's going to get better and we're seeing that he has a pretty good schedule and Derrick Henry's hurt now that could be a nice recipe if you can buy low on Julio I would I would do it I think the Titans while they do have a very good or they are the number one seed uh the Titans I think play down to the level of their competition and uh or play up as you saw with the Rams so Uh, (laughs) (laughs) i know i know it's distracting Uh, to the listeners who thank you finally i don't know i have a fax machine in my room and you can't turn the volume down so every time somebody calls the house it's just ridiculous so i'm sorry about that uh so i I would buy low on julio if you can 
Um, especially, I think, uh, as the season progresses, and I would even say it's been determined right now, A.J. Brown is, without a doubt, a wide receiver one, which that was a question mark people had going into the season. Who's the wide receiver one for the Titans? A.J. Brown is No, it guy. wasn't. It was a question. It was a question. <laughs> Not for me, it wasn't. I argued with people on Twitter all day about that. Well, okay, but at least... No, it there, was a question was for a, general a consensus, yes. population out there. Oh, yeah, thought, it was like 40% of people right. thought that Julio was going to be better. Um, So I think I think Julio was... Uh, look for him to get better because he kind of has been uh, irrelevant due to injury. Um, but I don't think he's going to pull an Allen Robinson and totally disappear. So... All right, so I think I think wide receiver is a little trickier, and I agree with that. I, I do like Julio as a good buy low. I think Devonta Smith is a decent buy low, but it's hard because there's not a lot of pass volume in that offense. So that's why it's kind of hard to it's buy into him. My main concern, yep. and I also am not. Uh, I don't. Hurts is uh, while he does score a lot of points, he doesn't have many 300 yard passing games. Yeah, for and, sure. Uh, that doesn't bode well for Devonta Smith's future. For sure. All right, so let's look at running backs. Running backs is another easier one like quarterback. Easiest running back schedules. James Robinson, David Montgomery, Darrell Henderson, Javante Williams, and Antonio Gibson. I love all five of those names, and I think all five of those people are bylos. You think Henderson's a bylo? Yes, I do. Especially, especially because Odell Beckham just signed. People are going to think, oh my goodness, now they're just going to throw it like crazy. How is anyone going to stop their pass off and Stafford's going to go nuts? All of that can happen and Darrell Henderson can still put up the same production he's been doing. And now, with the schedule that they have, if they're winning games, McVay doesn't have to prove anything anymore. He's already proved that the Stafford move was the right move. He can say, okay, we're getting down the stretch. Let's start being smarter. Let's run the ball. Let's use the clock. Let's end these games quicker when we're up. And that could lead to more touches for Henderson. So I think Henderson's a very good buy low. You don't agree? Well, I you think, have him, don't you? I think. Well, I think in our league. Yes, I do. Uh, but for every reason you just listed, I feel like uh, I don't want to insult anybody out there, but um, I feel like you you shouldn't freak out because Odell's on the Rams. If you are a Henderson uh, owner, um, I don't I don't think his efficiency will be affected at all, and he's already a top 10 back so that's why I was just kind of disagreeing that I don't I didn't know if people would be willing to part ways with him so easy you know well a lot of people look at him and I, I don't think most people even realize that he's an RB1 because it, the people that I talk with and the way people talk about him I don't think people realize he's an RB1 and I don't think even if they do they believe he will finish there I think he will I think he's a potential Pro Bowl running back this year I, I think he's had an incredible season and uh, that's why you just have to look at carries and efficiency. Um, but Henderson, I love the Henderson. I love Robinson as well. Um, you don't want Trevor Lawrence with behind that suspect O-line dropping back and throwing it more than 30 times a game. Uh, so I love the Robinson thing, and I'm glad that they're actually – I know the first month of the season they didn't use him effectively, but James Robinson is a beast. Um, and if you can get him, do it because I think he's probably going to finish top seven for sure. I would more or less take that to the bank. Yeah, and and Montgomery, a lot of people might say, hey, did Khalil Herbert shown to be a good back for them? Maybe Montgomery doesn't get as much work. Justin Fields, he takes over. Now his legs might take carries away from David Montgomery. 
I'm not worried about it because the offense is going to be better. David Montgomery's efficiency is probably going to be a little bit better if Field starts running more. And if he doesn't, then there's more carries for Mont- Montgomery. So either way, it evens out in terms of that. And because it's not going to get to the point where it's like Lamar Jackson running 13 times a game sure. or anything. And also, you have to, to look at the schedule and the fact that he just had a bad game is going to make it easier for him to buy low. It was his first game back from being injured. Right. And people are going to say, oh, man. Like, I don't even think he had double digits. They, they might be a little bit worried. And Khalil Herbert was a little involved. So I, I think it's a decent opportunity to get him. And you might be able to get him for somebody that has a horrible schedule, like a Josh Jacobs. I would re- rather have David Montgomery than Josh Jacobs. They have one of the worst schedules. Wow. I uh, I see what you say. I, I would have to honestly disagree. I don't think... Uh, and it's it's more so based off the fact that uh, this is Matt Nagy's last year as a head coach in the National Football League. Probably won't get hired again, at least as a head coach. Um, I just don't have faith in him. And uh, to But somebody fully- has to produce, though. And Montgomery was good under Nagy multiple seasons. But he's going to he's going he's splitting now with Herbert and that is he though? I think he will. I think he will. I think uh, Herbert's proved himself to be a pretty efficient back, and um, because they don't they they may be concerned about Montgomery's health. So are they going to go back to the workload before? No, I think because he's coming off an injury. If they do, if he does get back to his production, it'll be very very slow. Uh, maybe a month from now or so, but he could have a big game. But I just doubt it because Herbert's here and he's efficient and he's been able to do the job effectively. So I don't think they're going to go back to a one-back dominant. I think they're going to stay with two guys because they know they both can take the load off each other. Okay. So and yeah, Matt that's Maggie's that's kind of. Yeah. <laughs> so that's my reasoning for uh, not being as high on Montgomery as you. Okay, that makes sense. So let's look at the running backs with the worst schedules. And this is not a good list for fantasy purposes because yeah. they are all the good running backs. Yep. All right, so we'll look at the la- the, t- the worst eight schedules. Christian McCaffrey, Damian Harris. So Christian McCaffrey, not worried because when they fall behind, he's getting passes. He's yes. a receiver, so I'm not worried about Christian yep. McCaffrey. Damian Harris, definitely worried because he's only getting work when they're ahead, and he's he's not a receiver at all. Also, his fumbles are a, a concern for me yeah. as an owner, and as, uh, especially as a uh, Belichick being one of the most. All coaches hate turnovers, but I feel like Bill Belichick really, really hates fumble turnovers. Belichick and Arians; those and, are the uh, ones with they, the running backs. You got to watch uh, out for them. I yeah, I, I'm just not yeah. Harris is a huge worry. And then we've got not just that, but. Josh Jacobs, which we just talked about, um, and Kenyon Drake. I I think it's there's some worry there because Jacobs never gets the receiving role that we always hope and know that he could take. And then we've got New Orleans. Kamara not too worried because of the receiving. Cleveland, which I think maybe you can pump the brakes a little bit on Chubb. He's been insane. He's still going to be really good. That's their whole offense is mm-hmm. the running game. But I think it would probably not hurt Hunt much because Hunt does get the receiving more compared to Nick Chubb. So that's, you know, decent. Pittsburgh, Najee Harris, that's rough. Tennessee, when Derrick Henry comes back, 
But Derrick Henry, another one that's like the whole offense. So overall, I would think the one, the big takeaway here is Damian Harris. You got to sell him. Yeah, I would. I don't think that's even a debate. He's and Josh Jacobs too. Yeah, I, I, <laughs> I don't know. I don't. I don't. I don't think I'd be as down on Jacobs, uh, just because he is. Uh, him and Waller are their offense now, and I think with Rooks being gone. They're going to have to go to their go-to guys that much more. And uh, I think because of that, uh, I think he's going to get more looks. So I, I wouldn't I wouldn't do that because Jacobs is their identity. Even with the tough schedule, I still feel like he's going to get his 17-ish carries, 16 carries a game, two, three passes a game, uh, but also still hold a high touchdown rate when they're in the red zone. But you think they're going to be in the red zone often? Uh, mm. I mean, not top ten, not <laughs> top ten, but sure. If you were to tell me they had a fourteenth out of the NFL, I believe it. Okay. By the time the end of the season. Okay. All right. So that that was some buy lows, some sell highs. Looking at schedules for the fantasy playoffs because we are getting near. That's something you need to be thinking about. And the ones who make moves very far ahead of time are the ones that win. What I always do, and it always helps me, is. You need to be looking two weeks ahead with your defenses. You need to be looking to the playoffs for your buy lows and sell highs before trades, uh, trade markets close in fantasy because I think that happens like next week for most leagues or two weeks from now for yeah. most leagues. So you need to make moves before that. Um, so you just got to look ahead. As long as you're looking ahead and you understand where your team is at in this, the rankings and where you stand in your league, then, then you're good. So the last thing I want to talk about is start sits for this week specifically. I know you got some names for us. I'm going to let you kind of just take over this segment. I'll chip in here and there. I'll give some names if I feel it's necessary, but this is all you, Trent. So you want to start with quarterbacks? Yeah, I'll start with uh, quarterbacks. And starting with quarterbacks, let's go with Josh Allen. They're playing the Jets. He had a terrible game last week. Um, People are, I feel like it's just a, it makes sense. And the Bills, since Allen's been there, Especially within the past two years, have absolutely dominated the Jets. Look for look for Allen to have a huge rebound game against the Jets, um, and then let's go with uh, Herbert. I think uh, Minnesota's secondary is very suspect. Um, Definitely, their offense is super explosive, and I believe I saw that Harrison Smith might be, have been put on the uh, COVID list. Okay. I'll or, look that up while you keep going. Yeah, I would say he was uh, COVID list, and then also um, uh, Dak Prescott for the same reasons above. Absolutely dominated by the Broncos last week, and now they play the Falcons. So I think uh, if you have one of those three guys, don't be surprised if those guys finish in some order like one, two, three. Okay, so Love your that. top three for the week quarterbacks are Herbert, Dak, Allen. All right, lock it in. So. Now let's move to the running back position. Who are your top three running backs for this week? Uh, I'm a good, Jonathan Taylor, number one. Uh, Colts, I, I feel like they're, they're the best team that's not going to make the playoffs in the NFL. Um, Allen, or, or Jonathan Taylor, excuse me, he's, uh, he's going to have an insane game. Look for him going about 120 a touchdown. I think he's a pretty safe bet for at least 16-plus. So lock him in. Then let's go ahead and uh, lock in Najee Harris as well. Uh, Steelers, um, I feel like against the Lions, they're just terrible. They're terrible. They're the only defeated team 
and I think uh, this is a very safe bet. And I because I think they're. Did you say they're the only defeated team? They're on. Or no, that makes sense. Yeah, they're the only defeated team. Yeah, (laughs) that's actually. I've never heard that. That makes so much sense. Yeah, they're they're defeated. They're (laughs) opposite Uh, of undefeated. Yeah, so uh, (laughs) I think uh, the Steelers are gonna get up on them early. Uh, Look for a Najee Harris stat line: uh, twenty carries, hundred and twelve yards, one touchdown five catches for 28 yards you know look for something like that from Najee which I really like especially against the the Lions because they the Lions are going to win a game it's just not against the Steelers okay um, I'm gonna laugh I'm gonna give you such a hard time if they lose I think Najee will do good though too and then uh what I was gonna say my my third boom running back um is actually Josh Jacobs I think he could be in for a pretty big day against a horrendous Chiefs defense. That would be awesome. Then you can sell him before the playoffs. Very true. Very true. So those are my top three running backs for the week. All right. And then do you have wide receivers or no? Yeah. So wide receivers to stay away from. Uh, or actually, I can, yeah, we'll do wide receivers. Um, Hopkins. I'm a little nervous about having Hopkins. I, I have. So these are guys to stay away from, right? That's fine. Stay That's, away from. You're probably going to start them. Lower you your expectations. Af- yes, lower okay. expectations because you, you can't afford to bench some of these guys. Um, but uh, Hopkins uh, could be in for a, a decent game. My biggest knock on him is he's coming off of a hamstring injury, which he didn't play last week. If he does play, uh, just don't look for him to be explosive because when he was in for Green Bay before he got taken out, he had one huge play, one catch for 55 yards. And then the hamstring happened. He came back in and then re-aggravated the hamstring injury. So this has kind of been an ongoing issue for the past three weeks for him. So because of that and the fact that uh, look for Gilmore to D up Hopkins this game. I don't like that recipe for Hopkins at all. Just with him going against Gilmore and the hamstring injury. And Kyler Murray being questionable too. So Hopkins lowered the expectations. Uh, For the second wide receiver... I'm going to go A.J. Brown. I think the Saints are a team somewhat similar to the Titans in a sense that they play to the level of their competition, but the Saints defense has a lot of proven vets, and I really like Marshawn Lattimore, and I think he's going to be on A.J. Brown because everyone knows that he's the guy. And uh, I don't don't think the Titans are going to get any sort of run game going against uh, the Saints' rush defense. So look for a somewhat sloppy game from the Titans' passing offense, kind of similar to what they did to the Rams, but maybe a little bit more success. Okay. So he could be a guy that could have a big day, but um, I would just be betting not to have. Uh, so and then um, last I'm going to go is Devontae Adams. Obviously, uh, Aaron Rodgers' immunization did not work. So <laughs> And we'll see if he's uh, immunized for this game. Um, but if uh, if Aaron Rodgers is not playing, um, if Jordan Love couldn't get it going against the Chiefs defense, uh, I don't. I just don't believe that rapport is going to be there, even with him still being the only guy in that uh, Green Bay offense. Yeah. I mean, he, for so disappoint. long he doesn't even get to practice with the starters. Like he he never practices with the starters. He wasn't even active like more than half the season last year. So he was like the third quarterback on the depth chart. It was just, he, he's he got no chance. Yeah, so I, I'm going to say uh, 
Adams could also disappoint from what his usual crazy performances are uh, if Jordan Love is going to start. All right. So we've got some wide receivers to stay away from, some running backs and quarterbacks to look towards. Do you have anything else, or are we going to wrap this up? Uh, so I'll just do uh, my last couple booms for wide receiver. Look for CeeDee Lamb to uh, have a pretty big game. I, I, I'm liking him. I'm also liking Diggs as well. I feel like he's due for a, a game. And the Jets. Uh, notice how the wide receivers kind of mirror the quarterbacks that I have starting this week, except for Godwin. I think uh, Godwin might be the, the, the lead horse. If he in, plays. He's questionable, so if he plays. I think he's going to play. And I think uh, I wouldn't I wouldn't worry too much about him. Uh, bust for the backs. Uh, I'm pretty sure this is the first week, the whole entire season, Swift hasn't been questionable, which has to make you feel good if you're a Rams or a uh, Swift owner. But you're going against a Steelers defense, and Swift is the only guy on that offense that can produce for him. I think they'll be able to lock him down. And uh, if he does get points, you got to hope that it's the garbage Steelers up by 20 and then Goff does what Goff does and check down to the running back. So uh, Swift may not be that guy this week. Uh, Chubb, I know that's kind of surprising. Uh, he still could get his touchdown, but um, I think New England, what they've done, they always isolate the best player. They say, who's the best player on that team? Let's take him out the game. And I like that strategy because I don't think Baker Mayfield can beat the Patriots by himself. Mm-hmm. Um so I don't think uh, I think they lock down the run game and uh, Baker has to do it, which I don't think he can. Uh, and then also McCaffrey, I think uh, he's kind of a buyer or a, a starter. Beware! I mean, obviously still start him, but I don't like uh, against the the Cardinals defense. I think they'll be able to isolate him, and without the quarterback situation being clear and PJ Walker being a relative unknown in the NFL. Uh, I don't have too much faith in McCaffrey. Okay, so what do you think? He's like RB2 this week or yeah, what? Yeah, I mean, all these guys are still worthy of starting. Just uh, don't be surprised if they get you less than 12 points potentially. Okay. Which would be Really bad for McCaffrey. Because, yeah, so, yeah. Okay. I, th- I think McCaffrey will will be fine. I'm not too worried, but I, I agree with pretty much everything else that you said. Um, but, yeah, so thank you guys for tuning in. Thanks for, for listening after I've been absent for so long. I've If you guys have contacted me, I've been keeping in touch with you guys to the best of my ability. So, you know, you still have a way to contact me even when the podcasts are down. But this one's back, and hopefully we can keep it going. Probably going to be like once a, one a week. But uh, thanks, guys, and drop a rating, drop a review. Let me know how Trent did, audition number three. Uh, <laughs> so, um, yeah. Thanks, guys. Good luck this week. And make sure you make a decision on your team. If you're in Dynasty or any type of league that has rollover and it's not a redraft, if you think you can take it all the way, make moves that you need to take it all the way. And if you're tanking, then look at the teams that are going to take it all the way and help them and let them give you young guys or picks so that you can tank properly. The worst thing to do is be in the middle. All right. Have a good one, guys. Peace. Thank you.